Good morning. This is Thursday, October 10th, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Extremists gain foothold among Kenyans. Business groups see loss of sway over House GOP and Yellen's path from theorist to Fed voice for jobs. In today's national news, House GOP weighing short-term debt deal with new abortion rules, Ohio walks a fine line, and Florida defends its new effort to clean up voter rolls. In today's business headlines, the Fed under Yellen, precise and predictable. Fed's fears for the economy kept stimulus intact, and the standoff in Washington shakes trust in U.S. debt. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and the opinions of New York Times columnist Gail Collins. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories written from Nairobi. Extremists gain foothold among Kenyans. Reported by Nicholas Kulish and Josh Crone. When the United States tried to capture a powerful militant in Somalia last weekend, it did not go after the leader of the Shabab extremist group, but a Kenyan whose ties were as much in his native country as in the Horn of Africa. Outside of Somalia, Kenya sent more fighters to the Shabab than any other country, analysts say. Young Kenyan men have ridden buses to the border in large numbers for years. Local Muslim leaders say, drawn by payments of up to $1,000 to cross into Somalia and fight for the group. But ever since the Kenyan military stormed into southern Somalia two years ago, Many Kenyan fighters have been coming back home, local leaders and experts say, creating a larger, increasingly sophisticated network of trained jihadists in a country where people from around the world gather in crowded, lightly protected public places. The growing number of militants in Kenya, said J. Peter Pham, director of the Africa Center at the Atlantic Council in Washington, is a serious concern, or ought to be, for both U.S. policymakers and their Kenyan counterparts. Kenya is home to thousands of American expatriates working for multinational companies, the United States Embassy, the United Nations, and nonprofit groups. Beyond that, tens of thousands of American tourists come here every year, prompting the United States to issue a travel warning after the siege on the Westgate Mall in Nairobi last month because of potential terrorist threats aimed at U.S. Western and Kenyan interest in Kenya. To much of the world, the attack on the mall, in which Islamist radicals killed more than 60 people, underscored the growing international threat of the Shabab, a group that once seemed more focused on imposing Islamic law in Somalia than with staging attacks across international boundaries. But the siege has also illustrated the growing radicalism of Kenya's own neglected, disaffected Muslim population. At least one member of the small group of attackers at the Westgate Mall was Kenyan, according to Kenyan officials, and several witnesses have described hearing the combatants speaking Swahili, one of Kenya's national languages. Kenya's slums have long provided a fertile recruiting ground for Muslim extremists, but analysts say that the Shabab have been finding recruits from across the country, not just in traditional Muslim areas like Mombasa or Somalia enclaves and refugee camps. The heavy-handed response by the Kenyan police only seems to have driven more young men to embrace radicalism, Deadly riots broke out last week in Mombasa after a popular Muslim cleric was shot dead in what many believe was an attack by security services. A day after the killing, said Abu Bakr Sharif Ahmed, a fundamentalist cleric in this port city, 
a group of boys came to me and they said, Sheikh, find us a way to communicate with Al-Shabaab. We want to help, but we don't have weapons.'